Welcome to the Native Diamond Podcast. Oh, shit! What you waiting for? Please don't forget to like, like the, video, the video, hit subscribe, ring the bell. That way you're notified every time I drop a new episode of Native, Native Diamond, Diamond Podcast. Podcast. What's going on, guys? Seth Mick here from Native Diamond Podcast. Today we have Larry from the band Iron Sharpens Iron. And glad that you're back on the show. How are you doing, man? Awesome, man. I'm glad to be back. It's uh, yeah. awesome chit-chatting. I like uh, talking to you, man. It's awesome. Yeah, very much the same, man. I feel like... We've become friends, just chit-chatting back and forth. So I was like, man, I got to get him back on the show because I wanted to do like a follow a new artist series. And this basically is kind of informational help for like, you know, do-it-yourself musicians, uh, people that are just starting a band and they don't really know what they're doing. We're not saying anyone has the answers in particular, but this could be, you know, a good way to help them get kick-started in the right direction. Because, you know, I think you do a very good job. Um, you do everything by yourself, so. Thanks, man. I try my best. It's definitely from, uh, you know, being old and having lots of experience of doing it the wrong way, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get a really good response. Like, when I look at your stuff, like, a lot of people are interested in buying your shirts already, um, you know, and you haven't even put out a physical album. Like, I mean, you have a very hardcore fan base already, so. Man. Yeah, that's really cool, dude. Well, anyway, for people that didn't see the first interview, I'm going to ask him a couple icebreaker questions so you can get to know him better. And these are just quick, off the top conversational questions. Say the first thing that comes to mind. All right, we're going to start off. What do you like better, crunchy or creamy peanut butter? Crunchy, man, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says crunchy. You think it's a texture thing? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Creamy, like, I don't know, it gets stuck to the roof of your mouth. Crunchy, like, you can slam a sandwich in, like, a minute. I'm, I'm not fat because I like, you know, I'm, I'm picky. I like, you know, quantity, so. <laughs> I, I feel you. Um, all right, Metallica or Slayer? Oh, man, that's a hard one. Um. I'd probably have to go with Metallica because I listened to Metallica more when I was growing up. I didn't really listen to Slayer until I got a little bit older. Mm -hmm. So Metallica. I'm, yeah, I'm more of a Metallica guy. Uh, my family's from the Bay Area, so they treat them like royalty down there. <laughs> they do the uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do like the national anthem for like the Giants uh, baseball games. <laughs> really? Yeah. They're pretty sweet. Dude, they really fucking love them down there. But anyway, uh, Wall of Death or Circle Pit? Oh, man. Probably Wall of Death. It's just it's something about seeing a, a, a group of people separate like that and, and a giant like mass like that and then come together. Mm -hmm. I mean, for people to be cool about that and then, you know, be picking people up when they get knocked down, it's just a pretty, pretty cool sign. Mm -hmm. uh, Seeing that kind of go on in like a, a crowd is pretty sweet. Last time I saw it was actually, I think, a Walls of Jericho show, and that they had him do it. Or no, actually, it was uh, Attila. I saw it do it. They actually separated everybody by people that like pineapple on their pizza and people that didn't. I didn't see Attila on purpose, but uh, 
I was actually, we went to something called Rock USA a couple of years ago and we saw like uh, Stone Temple Pilots and a bunch of bands like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just happened to be playing, I think after some 41. And uh, yeah, that was the last time I saw it happen. That was, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I don't knock on Attila too hard. I mean, they put on a good show, you know. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, I'll give him that, you know. He's an entertainer for sure, that Franz guy. Um, right. <laughs> um, cats or dogs? Cats. All the way. Yeah. Do you, you said you had cats last time, right? Yeah, I have two. I actually have uh, my one cat wearing uh, headphones on the sleeve right here. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's the cat's name? Uh, Winston. Winston. Yep. That's a good cat name. Cat person. I hated cats until my wife talked me into getting one. And then I fell in love with them afterwards. So now, <laughs> now I'm not a huge fan of dogs. I like, like, if other people have dogs, that's mm-hmm. cool. I'll pet them, but I don't want them living at my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, I'm a cat guy because <laughs> I got my tiger. So, um, all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, horror movie or comedy? Uh, probably comedy because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a wimp when it comes to horror movies. <laughs> uh especially like if anything like i don't know certain things that uh, s- scare the crap out of me i don't know i'm not huge into like the satanic kind of stuff for certain movies yeah it just throws me off mm-hmm. no it throws me off too because i mean that to me that shit's real and if you right. dig deep enough i mean the shit something will answer you back you know right. um you know what is the uh death album it's like the sound of what is it? It's the red album with the big shark like jaw thing. Oh god, I can't remember. Well anyway, um in the um in the lyrical sorry, in the lyrical notes or whatever, it says something like if you look down deep enough or something like that, something will look at you back. And that always right. resonated with me or whatever cuz it was kind of like cuz he was satanic, right? Like he was or okay, or no, he was atheist. He was yeah, atheist. Was okay. I don't want to label him like something he's not, but, um, but yeah, I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, best guitarist ever. Oh man. That's hard. Cause there's so many different people. I don't even really know how to answer that. There's so many different guitar players that are just, they're different from one another. So I like everything they do. I would even probably say Justin Beck from uh glass Cause he was a big inspiration while I was growing up. Last John in general was those dude. I liked a lot of Sean Martin stuff when he was in Hatebreed. For personally, for inspiration, I would say my buddy Jason Ingersoll because he's the one that taught me how to do half the stuff that I I can do. So he was a big inspiration, but can't really pick out a favorite to be honest. Yeah, that's tough. Any band in particular that you go to for the guitar? A little bit of everything because everybody just has so much of their own flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of old Black Dahlia stuff, but. Then again, I love At The Gates, which Black Dahlia to me is just a modern At The Gates. Love Hatebreed. Love all their old stuff. Satisfaction I can roll with over and over and over again. I still like a lot of Glassjaw a lot. Um, Worship and Tribute was a big inspiration. I did like BT Bam. I liked Prayer for Cleansing a little bit more than Between the Buried Me, but mm-hmm. all their guitar stuff was pretty rad too. So, Hell yeah. I don't know, a little bit of everything, huh? Yeah. Yeah, BT Bam's from North Carolina, so that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Next question, breakdown or solo? Oh, breakdown, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, well, being a hardcore guy. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, hardcore guy. What's, <laughs> what's hardcore without a breakdown? <laughs> right. 
Um, Beat down, breakdown, groove, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Marvel or DC Comics? Marvel. I mean, so. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you just keep those on hand. What else uh, do you got in that pile? All just comic books, man. <laughs> I mean, behind me, I think I got Thor. I do got some DC stuff, but I'm really big into Punisher and uh, I don't know, all those different ones. I, I do like a lot of the old comic books. So, but I mean, I like some of the offshoots too that aren't one or the other either. Like I got like a lot of the Tank Girl stuff and, uh, you know, um, Ghost Rider and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I like them all, but I do prefer Marvel. I feel you on that. So who's your favorite from Marvel? Probably Punisher. Punisher? Yeah. Did you watch did you watch the Netflix Punisher? Oh yeah. Yeah. Man, that was that was killer. That dude did a great job of being both characters, not just Punisher, but you know, like I don't know, I liked the movies too, but I felt like they only got like each portion like kind of halfway right. So it was it, I think that the series was pretty awesome. I hope that they end up bringing him back at some point as the Punisher because he did a killer job. So is that the most like the comics? I felt so. I mean, there's a few like twists on it, but um, I feel like he did the best job of like capturing like the, you know, the pain of living through his life after losing his wife and everything, but then also portraying the Punisher. He did a really good job of both characters to where the other ones I felt like, you know, when he the first Punisher, I felt like he did a good job um, of portraying like the depression that the guy went through, but the second movie, I felt like he did more of a good job of just portraying the Punisher. So I felt like the Netflix series did a great job of doing both. That and that dude's a killer actor anyways. Yeah, he's really good. Um, I mean, I know him from Walking Dead, but I mean, he was in other things too. Oh, yeah. He was good on Wolf of Wall Street too. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him in that too. All right. So anyway, last random question. Do you like spicy stuff? Yes. Okay, so what's your favorite brand of hot sauce? Oh man, usually the stuff I can't pronounce right. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I like everything, but I mean, I usually just roll with Red Hot, just because mm -hmm. you can buy a bottle like that big. So yeah, it's, you know the quantity thing again. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good neutral sauce, right? Yeah, um, I like all that stuff. I like Ortega too, but I'll have tacos at least like once a week. I can roll with that all the time because I love those. But no, I like any kind of hot sauce pretty much. My favorite is Cholua. So shout out Cholua. Um, if you're watching, I'm looking for a sponsorship because I've been buying that shit for a long time. <laughs> Doing that ad, riding that tiger, holding that Cholua. <laughs> yeah. See, even I, I keep doing the wrong side. Like this is weird. It's like backwards. Like I want to do this. Cause it feels like he's right over that shoulder, but he's not, I don't know. This is weird. I, this is why I like zoom better. Cause like the background thing and right. I don't know. The video has been better on my end. Like last time we did Skype, I, I kept having yeah. issues with it. So yeah, I don't know. The yeah. The lag. I didn't even know you could record zoom. So mm -hmm. I don't know how any of that kind of stuff works really. Yeah. So shout out again, zoom for being a good Ooh. host. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, so we're really here to talk about tragedy of mankind. We're in this fun stage of, you know, we're putting out merch now. So the question I was just going to ask is, so how do you gauge how much merch to buy and like what size shirts to get? A lot of bands are doing pre-orders, which helps because then they literally, 
front the money for the shirt before you even get them printed. And then they also put in their sizes. So you already have the quantity, what design the print, how many, and you have the funds to get the shirts made. Um, but I kind of just chose a route of just doing a vote, like kind of like a poll on our, our Facebook page. And that way they picked out what design we're going to get printed. Cause originally I was only going to do one. And then so many people voted for both of them. It was so close. I just decided to get both of them printed and just do a less quantity. Um, so that, and then I just asked them the, the list their sizes and that way I know I'm getting the design they like and I'm getting the size that they like. Because in my old bands, we would just do a little bit of each. And then all of a sudden, when we were ready to sell out, we're like, we have two 3Xs, five smalls, and like one large. Because everybody around our area was wearing like all the in-between sizes. And I don't think we ever sold really any smalls. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I want to make sure I get the right stuff. So I just did a poll. And everybody was really good about you know writing down which one they liked and their sizes and stuff. So. I'm going to be spending out the money next week and getting our stickers, shirts, and CDs all printed. So, oh, that's that's really cool, dude. Um, so like, I guess with the shirts, the question is like, I don't know. I was trying to make shirts for like my podcast one time, and like, basically, unless you bought a shit ton of shirts at one time, like, you weren't really coming out on top, I guess. Um, right. So, like, how are you doing it um, as far as, like, individually or whatever? Um, a lot of it's from just working with other people that do, you know, the stuff, like, as a, I don't know, I try to support local stuff. Like, um, my buddy uh, Wiley is a really cool dude. Um, he was sings for Two Minute Minor, and um, he does, he works for a screen printing shop. Uh, my buddy Matt from Millions of Dead Angels uh, works for a screen printing shop. And my buddy Justin um, works for a screen printing shop. That's who I ended up going with this time is Justin. He's done shirts for me before in other bands. And most of the time, if you give them a budget of what you're working with, they'll figure out a way to, to make it work for you. Or like, you know, do weird sizes or not ask you to pay for shipping or not ask you to pay for the screen setup and stuff. So usually by going local instead of going to like all the big screen printing businesses, they'll hook you up and, and take care of you. I mean, mm -hmm. they're never going to do anything where it's going to hurt them on the costs, but they'll help you out so you can get stuff made. But going, just going local, I think, is the best way to do it. You save yourself some money and you support friends in the process. So, yeah, I go about it. Dude, that's really cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm a huge proponent of like supporting locals. So I think that's very important doing these podcast shows i know i'm not the only one but are you seeing like kind of a bump in your streams yeah definitely i mean and i think part of it is just people being happy they just kind of know you know what some of the songs are about on um, what kind of stuff we stand for just like you know, a lot of people are really really you know appreciative of like the mental health uh, message and stuff like that which is awesome like that's one of the main things i'm trying to drive home about this album is just for mental health awareness, you know, drug awareness, things like that. I mean, political stuff too, but I mean, the main point was mental health and just to try to drive it home that, you know, people can seek help, try to get help any way, shape or form, you know, it's available, but try to seek it and people do care about you. So that's the whole point of really the whole CD and people really seem to like that. So that's awesome. I'm glad that people are behind the cause trying to help other people 
become the best people that they can be and just get through their depression and, and, you know, anxiety. So mm-hmm. that's been pretty awesome, man. I'm pretty, I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important for people who are listening, who are trying to come up, you know, do collabs with podcasters, do collabs with creators. That way you're getting your name out there. You know, advertisement, have you had any success with like buying ads? Uh, not really. Um, Cause most of the time when you buy an ad, uh, I mean, unless it's on like a website, like if say, you know, you're trying to buy like a banner on a website, like, I don't know, say, metal injection or something like that or one of those things then it's like you're going to get some traffic and you're paying for something that's worth it but as far as like paying for like a pr company a lot of them you know promise you to get like a thousand followers in a week or some crap like that most of the time those are just like ghost accounts like you'll get a bunch of people that like your your stuff but they're not real people that you can engage with so buying likes and all that kind of stuff isn't isn't worth it you want to get organic likes and follows and engage with people that are actually gonna you know listen to your stuff promote it and then you know promote the message that you're trying to promote and when you just have mindless like robot followers which is what a lot of those are (laughs) you know you got ghost accounts following you i mean that's not going to help your business it might make it look like you have more likes on facebook but and that's not the point if you're trying to be a musician anyway. So mm-hmm. it's definitely a, you know, you want to, you want to do it, but you want to be smart about it. So if you're going to advertise, you know, go with people on a podcast that are cool people that are trying to actually get good messages out, and you know, radio stations. I've been really lucky to have a lot of really cool podcasts feature our music. Black Metal Graham hosted our CD. Old Skull Zine has been really cool. Um, there's something about metal podcast, uh, did a small review on our stuff. Um, so, I mean, there's been a lot of really cool people that I wanted to listen to it and kind of get the message out there. And so that's really, really cool. I, I'm appreciative of that. And, and I didn't have to pay for any of that. They just wanted mm-hmm. to do that because they're interested in, in the message and spreading good music. So mm-hmm. most good publicity, you don't have to pay for But thanks for saying that. That's such a valid point. Cause you know, I think for people who are, you know, wanting to do what you do and create an album by themselves, maybe they don't know what to do next after that point, you know, and right. just because you have art, how do you get that art out? And I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. Take advantage of podcasts, take advantage of working with other people. Cause yeah, positive, uh, organic following is what you want. Like you said, um, I know when I pay for ads, I get I get those bots like you're talking about. That's not what you want. No, I completely agree, man. What would be like one message that you're trying to convey with all of your art? If you had to sum it up. Um, don't, don't make it about money. Like, I mean, obviously don't go broke doing whatever you're doing. Uh, you know, don't, don't do that because you don't want to be living, you know, in poverty because you're funding so much into your, your love. But like so far for me, I mean, I've been looking at it as, yeah, I want people to, to take a listen to my music so we paid for a recording i paid a chunk of money to record with my my bud at exador productions i like the sound that he got out of it so i paid for the recording up front he did all the video with all that and then after that i did the artwork myself i do a design page called lp designs and i do different kinds of artwork for a lot of different bands um so i did that myself um and then i would say try to make as much stuff free as possible Hmm. i mean trying that the only sell your stuff you lose so many listeners because 
unless somebody has that Spotify premium account or, you know, all that different stuff, they're not going to be able to stream your stuff for free. And yeah, I don't know. For me, I'm just like, I'd rather my stuff be for free on Bandcamp and somebody listen to it and get the message and go get help if they're having mental health issues rather than be like, no, you got to pay like a dollar a song for you to listen to it or to download it. I'm like, no, just if, if you want to donate money to it, then that's great. But otherwise, just try to do as much stuff and make it accessible to as many people as possible. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of making music is to get people to want to listen to it. It's not to try to make money. And if making money is the reason you're making music, then you got your priorities backwards. So, mm-hmm. But like, you know, obviously you have to make money. Um in the music business because it is a business and at some point you're basically saying don't compromise who you are to make that money you just basically you're wanting to survive but you want to get your art across uh, the right way with integrity right because i mean like i went to i went to a show a while ago with uh, one of my buddies and we went to go see uh the damned things um i think it was he is legends um a few other bands and um just some of the t-shirts were just outrageous. Like one color print for one of the bands was 30 bucks for a t-shirt. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, it wasn't that much money to get that stuff printed. They're, they're on record labels and most of them are paying for some of that stuff. And either, even if they weren't, I mean, 30 bucks for a Hanes t-shirt for one color print is ridiculous markup and stuff like that. I try to avoid because I'd rather go support the local band that's selling their t-shirts for 10, 15 bucks. And I know it's going to their cause and they're going to go take that money to put into like a band fund and make their next CD mm-hmm. rather than see some big touring band charge that much just because, you know, they can and people, they know that people will pay it. So, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that, I kind of see, um, but, but yeah, it's definitely a business. You still got to make money. You want to cover your costs of everything and try to get a little bit back so that that can help supply your next round of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I'll make a little bit of money on t-shirts that way I can try to do another run afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm doing the first hundred CDs. Um, I'll get donated to the suicide hotline other than shipping. But then after that, I'm going to have to charge for CD because I don't have enough money in my account to keep on doing, you know, like mm-hmm. CD free like that. Otherwise I'll, I'll end up going broke myself, but I want to at least try to donate that first hundred. Cause you know, $5, you know, for the first hundred, I should get close to four hundred and five hundred dollars donated to a good cause. Mm-hmm. So you know, doing stuff within reason to try and you know go towards good causes, but make good financial decisions that aren't gonna you know hurt other people's pockets that are trying to support you. So right. I think that's the best way to do about it as going as far as a business, but then also you know having some honor and respect for the people that are trying to support you as well. I'm only gonna charge ten, and then whatever oh. shipping in. Okay. Um, so if it's, you know, a lot for shipping, say like you're in Europe, I think it's a little bit more sh- for shipping. It's kind of crazy for shipping there. But otherwise, I think at most it's $5 for a t-shirt, um, the, the ship in the U.S. So it'll be 10 bucks plus whatever shipping is to get it to you. And I'm going to try to do it the cheapest way possible. It's just going to be me shipping them from my house or post office or whatever. So uh, that and then the same thing with the CDs. So if you buy things all at once, it should knock the shipping down, I think. but um, yeah, that's just the way I'm going to do it. $10 a shirt, $5 a CD, um, a dollar for a sticker. Unless you buy like a bundle, I'll probably just throw a sticker in there. Right. Just to get the message out there, not try to make money doing it. 
just break, break, break a little over even. That's kind of the way I'm trying to look at it. I don't want to have to cover costs every single time because I don't make enough money to do that. You know, try the, try the donate to good causes, but not go broke doing it. You know? Yeah. Uh, well shit, dude. Uh, I'll take t-shirts. I want like a bundle, like, but I want like you to sign the CD. Cause I have like, I have a collection of signed specifically signed CDs. And I just think that'd be so dope to have you in that collection. Yeah. That'd be killer, man. Fuck. Yeah, dude. So yeah. Um, so how can people that are listening, uh, where should they go to find your merch? I'll plug a link below, but through Bandcamp, a lot of the bands nowadays have been doing it through Bandcamp. To me, that's like one of the best websites you can use right now for everything. Cause they don't, they don't really charge you for much um, for hosting the stuff. I mean, you can do the free option for downloading your music. Um, I, well, that's one of the things for under city records, which is, which is awesome. Uh, my buddy Taylor that works through there is, is a really cool dude. He's supported the hardcore scene for a long time and uh, metal and the metal scene and everything. And that was one of our things about being on that label is it would always be somewhere available for free. So on Bandcamp, my stuff is always going to be for free, no matter what I put out. If you want to put money in towards there, then yeah, I appreciate that. But you don't have to. It, the whole point is just to get the music out there. And then if you want to pay on some of the other streaming services, because you can't host things on like iTunes or Amazon without putting some kind of a cost to it. Otherwise, they won't post it, to my knowledge. I don't know mm -hmm. if there's a way to get around that or not, but. Um, when we put it in through like DistroKid, all that stuff gets for sale. And I think it's like 60 cents or something like that for song. Um, but yeah, always to have it available free is our, our motto. That way people can listen to the music and not be forced to pay for it. And then if they want to pay for it, then that's awesome. But. Yeah. No, I think that's the right way to do it. I mean, I think the music should be free, but then, you know, you make your money on your merch, you know. Right. And that's kind of what our thing is, is like, just doing that and that seems to work really really well because you know if people like your music and they're able to listen to it download it for free play it in their cars like then they'll want to support you and buy a t-shirt from you or buy the physical copy because there's a lot of people that still want physical copies of merch mm -hmm. so um yeah it's awesome i think i've gotten a really good response from people and Bandcamp is one of the best tools for doing that mm -hmm. I, I see a bunch of metal bands. They're doing the vinyl thing. Uh, do you think that people are still doing vinyl or do you think that's more of a kind of a gimmicky thing? Uh, no, I think uh, a lot of people like doing the vinyl thing because the sound is like so spot on with that. I mean, a lot of people like having records. I have some records too. I don't have a giant collection like some people do. Right. Um, some some of them it's just nice having that that record um but yeah i think that it's definitely a thing about sound they hold up longer and, and you know you have this big giant record that, that you can keep and go through all the artwork and everything like that so i definitely think it's a sound quality thing i know a lot of people that just screen print the covers and everything themselves so it's easier for them to mass produce um, my buddy Jaron and his band all these years and nothing uh, did that. I think they screen printed all the record covers themselves. So, um, but yeah, I, I think that it's, it's not a gimmicky thing. I think it's definitely something that has to do with sound quality. And then there's the demand that people pay that much for a CD, but they pay the same amount for a record. And then they have mm -hmm. this big giant thing to be able to appreciate and keep long term. 
I, I always wanted to get into vinyl, but I've gotten advice from people that collect them not to get into it because it's like a black hole. Have you been listening to any new albums? Because I've been listening to a lot. I haven't listened to a lot of new albums. I've been listening to a lot of old albums. I actually, because I had this big, big giant booklet of uh, CDs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I had forgotten that I had put, because I got like multiple booklets of CDs. And I forgot that I had put some. I cleaned out my garage and I had put some in the bottom of one of my, my big toolbox. And I pulled it out and, and completely forgot about half the CDs that were in there that I had them. I thought that I'd lost them when we moved. So I, I found that and I've been listening to uh, um, Smash Your Enemies, one of their early CDs. I've been listening to um, a lot of uh, Killing the Dream, some mm-hmm. Donnybrook records that I listened to a lot when I was younger. Traders uh, album when they mm-hmm. first came out with, I, I don't remember if it's just self titled or, or what. I've been listening to a lot of different stuff because I found that CD case and I'm just like, man, I miss <laughs> all these bands. Um, <laughs> So I've been listening to all those different records. Uh, I listen to a little bit of death metal. I've been listening to some Earth Crisis. Yeah, a little bit of everything. I just a bunch of records I forgot I had. And I'm like, man, I miss all these bands. Especially Figure Four. Figure Four was one of the big influence for me too. Love mm-hmm. those dudes. Um, I love Comeback Kid too. So. Oh, dude, I love that band. I, I that's one band I wish I could have seen. I've never been able to see them. My buddy Joel actually played bass for them for a while. And, oh, uh, no kidding. Yeah, he's a really cool dude. He was actually on, I think it was the Face Down Fest, the DVD cover. He's actually on the cover on the back of it. Damn. (laughs) It was pretty cool. His band, uh, Worst Self, is killer, too. Check them out. They're awesome. And what's his band called again? I'm sorry. Worst Self. Super heavy. All right. Hell yeah. Worst Self. So anyone who's listening, go check out Worst Self. And I'll plug a link. Heck yeah, man. They're, They're really cool dudes support a lot of local bands uh, when i first came out with the mental health uh, video and stuff they were one of the first ones to share that and try to get people aware of the message so they're all mm-hmm. really really cool dudes that help other people in the music community so yeah mm-hmm. definitely help those guys out i've been listening to the new trivium i'm doing a review for next week i just did a review for the new verminous black dahlia murder um before that i did Nightwish, and then code orange i did the underneath yeah, I've been digging the new Trivium and the Black Dahlia a lot. Right. Black Dahlia is awesome, man. I mean, I grew up watching them kind of get bigger because they're from Michigan. So yeah. um, there used to be a band around here called If He Dies, He Dies, and they play a lot of shows with them. And uh, I'd, I'd watch Black Dahlia every time they played The Intersection. So, And my buddy, Zach, used to play drums for him. He was on the uh, Miasma CD. He's in mm-hmm. some awesome bands, too. He's in a band called uh, Shit Life. And uh, he's in another one called uh, Shock Narcotic, which has mm-hmm. like some members from Battlecross and I think Dillinger Escape Plan in it. Dude, and, uh, Battlecross is awesome. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to play a few shows with them when I was in Infinite too. They're all mm-hmm. super, super cool dudes. Um, that's one thing I'd say about all those different bands is they all got really nice members. So it makes supporting you know their music even easier. Cause it's like, if you like their music, you know that's great you want to support it but when they're awesome dudes too on top of that it's like you want to support it even more because nobody likes going to see your favorite band you find out that you know they're a dickhead like, yeah so that happened a few times and that kills it you know me too man um <laughs> i mean i mean i share my history i'm not gonna lie like i was kind of a scene kid because you know when i was coming up it was like oh eight oh nine like when okay. i was going getting into hardcore or like post-hardcore at that time and it was a lot of like 
the devil wears prada like you know easy core type shit like a day to remember like i was still yep. kind of in that punk punk uh pop punk shit you yeah. know like you know those bands like the story oh, so far and like shit like that stuff i don't really care about now but at the time i was really into and right. yeah like i saw like bring me the horizon and i was like at the time i was a huge fan and i seen him in charlotte ollie and dude he just kind of shit on all the fans dude like after yeah. after the set dude he just didn't even say like didn't even chunk up deuces man he just fucking turned around walked away and i was like what a fucking dick yep that's what i heard we, we when i was in infinite we played with uh and hell followed with and uh my buddy nick that was one of the bands that he was said that was an asshole pretty much i mean I think that they played maybe might have played a show together or he was just talking about the fact that they cared more about their image than they did about the music they were writing. I think he called him bring me the hairspray is what I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that dude. Yeah. I mean, I was a huge fan and then, yeah, I don't know. I fell off, man. That was probably like 2013, 2012. Yeah. Um, it's a bummer when you do that and you, you go to see a band that you really like and you got to just try to tell them you're like, yeah, really like their music really support it and then you know they just they're like yeah we don't really care i'm like <laughs> you know the fans that's what made you where you are right now i mean obviously your music did too but with no support you know you wouldn't be where you're at so mm -hmm. you know i always be thankful for that you know, when bands lose touch with that you know it's it's sad but mm -hmm. what can you do i guess yeah yeah um, now I'm glad you said Battlecross because I remember a show in Charlotte and Guar was the headliner and every time Guar came through I saw them as you know, much as I could and Battlecross was the supporting act for this one show and yeah we were there for Guar I guess but like we were more there for Battlecross so like during the whole Guar set I I didn't catch the guy's name um, terrible with names anyways but we talked to the guitarist the whole Guar set like we were just talking to him and it was it was so chill and he was just like you know just sharing everything but it was awesome uh, so big shout out to battlecross those are like genuine dudes are they still but, together or um i think so i yeah. i don't know what all has been happening with them honestly i know that they've all been in different projects um but uh yeah i'm not really sure i think i saw them post something about practicing not that long ago but i could be wrong um it says that they're still together dude yeah, I yeah I have no clue. I know that for a while they went without. They had to get a new drummer or something like that. And I want to say that they had they had even Lucas I think with them for like a hot second, just just subbing for him. But I um, could be wrong. I know that they lost the drummer and got another drummer later on. And I know that their bass player is in that Shock Narcotic band. But oh really? That, I don't know any, yeah, I don't know any other new new news oh, about them. Dude holy shit sorry i just like fanboyed out for a second okay so i really like alex bent so i'm plugging this for everyone who's like into trivium so alex bent played the drums for battlecross for looks like from 2014 to 15 so like a year but yeah their drums their drum lineup has changed like since 2003 yeah. like it's been changing it's rotating yeah shannon lucas um Jason Leon, uh, Josen Orda, I guess, Adam Pierce, Kevin Talley, and that's it. So they've had quite a few fucking drummers. Right. <laughs> yep, that'll happen, man. It's hard to find steady musicians. I mean, especially like, you know, ones that want to do it long term. 
and, and tour and do that for a living. I mean, most people have jobs. They can't do that kind of stuff. I know I couldn't. I need health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think, honestly, I think what you're doing is great because I think more people should do what you do. That way, I feel like being in a band is tough because, I mean, I have, I've had limited experience being in a band. But, like, it's tough because if it's not people that aren't your friends, it, it fucking, it's just weird. It's just a weird vibe. Well, and it's, and it's all about, too, like, your, your area. Certain hardcore scenes got more people that want to do certain styles of music. Um, and, and, and certain areas, you know, other people, like, certain stuff is just bigger. Like, around our, our area, there's more, like, deathcore and stuff like that and just straight-up metal. But then, like, you know, I'm in another band called Colt Snuffer and the Dead Horseman, and it's all just, like, gothic blues. And we do some covers and do, like, like Johnny Cash and stuff like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's a there's a big calling for stuff like that. So, I mean, it all has to do with your area, too, how much you're willing to travel around and play shows. Now, if I lived, like, closer to Grand Rapids, if I lived in Indiana, I'd probably be in, like, five bands because I know so many people down there that I'll just love all styles of, like, heavy music and i'd probably be in a band with my buddy jaron and taylor in 15 minutes but mm -hmm. where i'm at there's not as many people playing heavy music that aren't already committed to something else so it's hard to get people to want to write something new when they're already spending you know a lot of time on other stuff so mm -hmm. you went to a studio and paid to actually get your record done uh do you think you would have spent more money if say you had other people um Probably not, because uh, all I would have done is just been one other person doing the same thing, because mm. no matter what, it's the same process, really. You go in there, you record your guitar scratch tracks to click, and then you mm. record your drums to that, and then everything else after that. I mean, I think when we did it, I did scratch tracks all in just one day. Mm. Um, then I went and recorded all the drums pretty much in one day, and then I did all the guitars, and then bass, and then just vocals. So, and I think we were, we recorded all the songs in about three days. So it would have been the same process. It just would have been a different person in that position doing it. So the best thing for recording is just being prepared. I mean, you do your scratch tracks ahead of time and then practice the crap out of them. That way, you know that you're prepared once you get into the studio. Don't ever record a record without scratch tracks and, and, and click tracks, I should say. Because mm -hmm. if, if you get off on the recording, it's really, really hard to get back on, especially if you're one of the bands. Like, I know that there's a lot of bands now. I don't understand it, but they're recording everything and doing drums last, which to me is backwards, but there's a lot of bands doing it. I know a lot of bands around even Muskegon that are doing that right now, and I don't understand it. I'd rather do drums first because then you know that the beat is right on. Mm -hmm. yeah, personally, I would do scratch tracks, click tracks, record drums, and then record everything afterwards because you know your tempo is going to be spot on. But mm -hmm. that's my opinion on making it easier. Yeah, I've always heard the drum thing too, and mm -hmm. I've dabbled in fucking very amateur production. <laughs> so. really, man, when I recorded <laughs> our first stuff in one of my early bands, we used an eight-track tape recorder. So <laughs> <laughs> it's come a long way, huh? Yeah, now, now I do the gang vocals for my buddy uh, Wiley's band, Two Minute Minor, on my phone and sent it all to him in an email. So, I mean, crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, explain to me, how do you get priced or quoted on a studio session? Like, how does that work? How much are you looking um, to spend? 
Uh, for me, it all just depends. I mean, if you want to spend a lot of money um, because you're wanting to go to someone and have them produce and make it sound absolutely polished, you're going to pay for that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't want it to sound polished. I wanted it to sound, you know, I wanted to have that black metal sound with a lot of saturation and just, you know, void sound and just emptiness. I wanted it to sound depressing because that's the message it was, you know, conveying. Mm -hmm. And that's the way to me and that high treble black metal kind of sounds what I wanted. Um, but to me, just go local, you know, that usually there's somebody in your area that's trying to record metal and hardcore and stuff. And, and Jason Ingersoll in my area has been doing it for years mm -hmm. and everything he does keeps getting better. He does a lot of rap too and, and writes beats and stuff. But, uh, in my area or even, I would just say it in, in Michigan in general, I mean, you hit that dude up and he's going to hook you up with a fair price and give you a solid sound. So, um, yeah, ex he, it's like exitdoorproductions.com, but he's on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So I'd hit him up for recording and people like that are in every state. So try to go local before you try to just go to like the top of the line studio that wants to charge you two grand a song. Mm -hmm. because most of the time, in my opinion, those don't sound as good anyways for some of those projects because they sound too polished. Like, I don't want to hear a, a robot drum set. I'd rather yeah. hear like drill set. So not saying that, you know, it's not worth it. Like if you go to Jamie King, you're going to pay for it, but you're going to get the best recording possible because the dude's genius. Mm -hmm. um, we actually had him uh, master some of our CDs that Jay recorded and he did a great job. But um, yeah, you're, you're going to pay for quality, but then there's some out there that I feel like you're paying too much. So definitely do your research on who you're going to. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, I hear that a lot in like modern metal. The drum programming is fucking ridiculous and it's, yep. It's so obvious, like, Despised Icon is probably the worst to me. As far as their mm -hmm. snare hits, you would have to be, like, Hulk to fucking right. hit it, like, that hard and that fast. Like, it's ridiculous. I don't um, know, some of those, like, yeah, the drummers are that good. Um, I mean, like, my buddy Adam, he, he does all those super fast blast beats and gravity blasts and stuff. Or the dude from Cattle Decapitation is crazy. Yeah, but, he's um, crazy. I mean, but you can tell when it's edited and when it's not really the person because then you go to watch live footage and it don't sound the same. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you definitely don't want it to be so posh that you can't play it live. I mean, because then people are going to really notice. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you got to definitely gauge it by, you know, what's going to sound natural because you don't want – and the same thing with the auto-tune and the pitch correction and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. My opinion, don't use it. Use, use your natural sounding voice, do everything natural so that when you go to play live, that's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go see a band and then them be off key or not be able to play a part correctly because it was all, you know, a facade in the studio. So mm -hmm. I don't know. What about like screaming and shit like that? Like, did you guys put like reverb on it or like how, like what effects did you guys put on the screaming? There's some spots where I think you put like an echo on it or something like that, just because it sounded cool for that part. Um, mm. And you, you do make it a little bit wetter because when you scream sometimes in the microphone, it might be a little dry sounding. So you want to master it and EQ it and everything correctly, but you don't want to mess with it so much that it makes it unnatural. Because usually even if you go and play a live show, you know, on the, the PA, they got a little bit of reverb or, you know, gain on stuff or, you know, a, a mix to it. So it's never going to be completely dry. So you want it to be pretty close to whatever live setting is going to be, in my opinion, mm -hmm. for what your sound is going to be. But I'm also Good not point. somebody that records it myself. You know, I'm just <laughs> yeah. somebody that goes and screams into a microphone and says, that sound good? 
So. <laughs> Basically, I'm just trying to give some information for people that are, hey, I'm going to make an album tomorrow or I'm going to make one this year and, you know, really think about it in terms of like what to do next. Like what's the next step and how much is this going to cost and, you know, right. how should I go about it? So I think you answered all those questions pretty fucking right on, dude. Thanks, man. What are you seeing a lot of like as far as current trends in metal? Um, I see a lot of bands, uh, I don't know. I see, I see a lot of bands doing good stuff. Uh, I'm trying to think a lot of hardcore bands are all releasing stuff right now. I see a lot of compilations going on, which is awesome. Um, I know we're supposed to be a part of a couple of them. I think one is for the, the flyers in Australia. And then, uh, I think one of them might be for the, the virus, but, uh, stuff like that. I mean, a lot of really cool stuff like life Forest was a part of one of the compilations. Mosh Pit Nation was throwing together a compilation. If I remember correctly, cool stuff like that, really community driven kind of stuff. The compilation things I think are really cool. Just shows that those bands aren't all about making profit. They're about trying to help the community get their music out there and for a good cause. So that's, that's been really awesome. But as far as, uh, other stuff i mean i just see the same stuff you know bands releasing stuff putting a single out before they release the whole album we kind of did that a little bit but this virus thing kind of threw a lot of stuff off i was going to do a music video for dehumanized like boom before the cd even released but that kind of this kind of screwed everything up so probably do it that way maybe for the next release do a single with a music video first and put it out there the promote the cd before the whole thing's released but you know got to deal with what, what mother nature and the, and the world gives you so but uh no i see a lot of bands doing that promoting um doing all different uh like i don't know, i see a lot of bands doing the paid advertising on facebook and that works to an extent but facebook sucks for trying to market yourself you know so targeted so terribly i mean mm-hmm. you, you can put the same thing five times and one person on your friends list still might not see it because the algorithm is so terrible mm-hmm. um but yeah, definitely just promoting on multiple platforms. I've been seeing a lot of bands do that and uh, just trying to get involved in their community. I'm, I'm a big one on doing it the old school way. Just, you know, burn demos and go hand that crap out at shows. Just hand that, that shit out for free. You know, everybody that I know that's ever done that, they gain a, gain a fan base because mm-hmm. it shows that they just want to get their music out there. I already had CDs burned. I was going to go hand out at the... Uh, disappear show their disappear was playing with worse self at mulligan's pub and i was going to go hand them out for free just because i know that there were some edge bands there hardcore bands and they'd all dig it or they wouldn't but either way i know they'd at least give it a spin on their in their cd player um Mm -hmm. me doing an old school diy like that helps because it just gets the message out there and it's not through social media you know that person the person contacts somebody handing you something to listen to that's what i grew up doing you leave a show I mean, I think I remember getting the first time I ever heard the red cord, it was on a demo that somebody handed out after I was leaving a Black Dahlia show. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, stuff like that. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think old school is probably the better way to go. If you try to do everything on social media, it's just, I don't know, it's not the same as person to person contact and actually talking and having a conversation with somebody. Mm hmm. I think that's a good idea for like people who have a product and um, you know, they don't know how to share it, but you know, go to your local show, like go to a show and start handing out CDs. They feel like they've been given a gift too. You know, it's like, shit, I got right. a CD. Right. You're even posting flyers up for shows. Like in my area, like I barely see that anymore. It's like, yeah, you see like 
bands share like a flyer on Facebook or whatever, but very rarely do you like go to like a coffee house or whatever and see like metal posters put up that advertise for upcoming show and stuff like that. Or, you know, to me, I'm like, if I'm playing a show, I'll put a flyer up at gas stations. I'm like, you know, people that love metal get gas too. So like, (laughs) so it's like, to me, it's just self-promotion. The good old fashioned way is the best way to do it in my opinion, because you just Mm -hmm. get more people that want to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And, and it shows that you're not lazy. I mean, anybody can go on their phone and post something. So if you're actually getting out and about and posting that stuff, more people are going to be intrigued when they see it out and about. So mm-hmm. That's a good point. Also, I want to make a point that you shouldn't judge people that they won't like your stuff without actually approaching them or talking about it. Because I had an Uber one time and it was like kind of an older lady and she was actually listening to like, liquid metal or one of those like serious stations or whatever and i was like i did not see this you know and we were just talking me and her were just going back and forth about bands and i was like no fucking way like i can't even meet anyone my age to talk about music and then i found this like older lady who is just fucking really into it so like yeah don't judge people they might not like your shit yeah one of the people that got me in the metal growing up was my my uncle gordy uh he showed me like yeah, I think it was like he showed me uh what was it? It was a Pantera record, I think. He's like, This is sweet. And <laughs> I got into it. I think it was the Great Southern Trend Kill. And mm-hmm. I was like, This is this is heavy. This is different. And so I started getting into the, some of that stuff. And then later on he asked me if he could get some of my CDs and stuff. And I just figured you were gonna say like, you know, stuff like that, like Pantera or Biohazard or some of the other like, you know, hate breeds, some of the bands that are more well known. And so I told him to put together a list for me. And he's like, yeah, I want the, the cattle decapitation, you know, <laughs> some, some Black Dahlia, uh, At the Gates, Doom of War Gear. And I like, starts naming off all these different bands that I didn't expect him to list off. And I'm like, man, you really want some heavy stuff. He's like, yeah, and give me some Black Flag too. And I'm like, that's why you're my favorite uncle. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool, dude. I wish I had an uncle like that. I want to make a point too that like, I think it's good for anyone to really listen to rock or you know even if it doesn't matter how soft it is because eventually you're going to graduate to heavier things you know because like i listen to very easy core core type shit but now like i listen to like you said like cattle decap and after i saw cannibal corpse i was fucking hooked even though it was before my time and uh behemoth and i can go on and on i think the point is that you're going to graduate up to those things. So I think as a community, we need to stop knocking people for liking more mainstream stuff. Right. Like at least they're listening to rock. You know what I mean? They could just be listening to like rap or whatever. And I'm not hating on rap, but you know, I'm huge into keeping uh, rock and metal alive. I don't feel like, I don't feel like the, um, there's a person in the forefront really who's taken over you know, kind of like a Metallica, like what did Metallica have that made them so much in the forefront? They had Hetfield, you know, they had, they had that going for them. So like, I don't think metal has that person really. Um, Yeah. There's so many different artists that you really can't, there's not anybody like sticking out because there's so many, it's so saturated with so many new and upcoming bands and existing sweet bands. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of different people and then in mainstream you got a lot of bands that are heavy and got some screaming. Um, I mean, like every time I say, I'm like, Oh yeah, I play in a really heavy, I play in like a hardcore band. And they're like, Oh, like five finger death punch. I'm like, no, <laughs> but, 
I mean, I'm, I'm glad that they're listening to the, the, the heavier music and stuff, but um, it's definitely not the same. Like when I was younger, if, if somebody said like something heavy, yeah, you know, the heaviest they'd ever say is like Slipknot because that was mm-hmm. the heaviest that I ever heard on the radio. So radio definitely does play some heavier bands with screaming and stuff now. I mean, Beartooth is on the radio and stuff all the time. They got, you know, a good solid scream going. A Day to Remember is on there all the time. So, yeah, it's definitely become more common, that's for sure. And then once people hear some of those bands, they start to listen to the other bands that some of them tour with. Um, so it, it's a, definitely a good thing that some of those bands get more mainstream because it exposes them to other bands that are maybe heavier or, or more underground that they wouldn't have heard of otherwise. You know, I'm a chef. We like to entertain a lot. We like to have family over. Okay, well, I'm not going to throw on cattle decap at a fucking family barbecue. You know what I mean? Like, but, you know, I will put on some Trivium or right. Old Pantera or whatever. You know what I mean? Like something kind of safe. Yeah. Like even Slipknot yeah. is safe now. Yeah. Yeah, really. I mean, like, you know, that Stones, a couple Stone Sour songs, like my mom likes. Like, so, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, and, and being well-rounded as a musician is great anyways. I don't just listen to heavy music. I listen to a lot of lighter stuff, too, mm-hmm. uh, that are in, inspirational just because the music is ridiculously talented. Like Minus the Bear is one of my favorite bands. Those guys are mm-hmm. extremely talented. Or, you know, one of my favorite concerts I've ever been to is Minus the Bear and Cursive. Uh, Cursive mm-hmm. played almost everything off the ugly organ, and I loved that. Block Party was great live. Passion Pit was great live. So, I mean, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff I listen to that isn't metal but it has like members that were in metal bands and you can tell because the technicality it shows through their music Mm -hmm. um but being a well-rounded musician is great and you know just trying different stuff like i became a better drummer by playing drums at my church because that's when i learned how to play to click track and backing tracks and stuff like that so i actually now a click track is like second nature. When I first started doing it, I wanted to fight the click track all the time. <laughs> really? Yeah, especially like the weird time signatures, like a 6-8 stuff like that. I, I wasn't used to it. And now as long as I hear that click and I hear the subdivisions, I can jump right on it. So, mm-hmm. you know, definitely keeping your mind open helps you become a better musician too. Mm-hmm. Do you pull from a lot of different genres or? Yeah. Yeah, I listen to a lot of different stuff. Uh, and I mean, I listen to metal more and, and hardcore, especially. Like, I think I've listened to that Smash Your Enemy CD like 19 times this week. I mean, it's a short <laughs> CD, anyways. So mm-hmm. I've been blasting that. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, I listen to a little bit of everything. Uh, Glassjaw was one of the most inspirational bands. Uh, everything you've ever wanted to know about Silence is one of the most in- influential CDs I ever had uh, growing up. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that stuff was i mean poison the wells the early stuff was really big for me hopes fall and all of those had a good mix of like the screaming and singing um norma jean i grew up because I, I grew up during that whole solid state face down you know era yeah so, me too <laughs> and, and i love i still love most of those bands uh mm-hmm. a matter of fact i was just talking to one dude the other day um through a mutual friend he used to sing for that band or i don't know if he sang for it. i think he played drums for it or guitar or something in a band called jesus wept and they were on face down and mm-hmm. they were super heavy and mm-hmm. all, all really cool dudes and uh he's in a new band called hollowed out and they're pretty sweet um but yeah a lot of uh different bands you know i like different stuff and it's i think made me a better musician because i know that there's different technicalities and feelings i get from different stuff um, one of my favorite bands too for a while was actually my teacher from college's band. He was in a band called Minutes. He's in one in the music video too. 
his name's uh Ian and he's he's a really nice guy um yeah like it's it's really cool uh like just seeing all that different kind of stuff uh it's all influential in one way or another I'm glad you said that because like I I was kind of big into like that Christian core stuff like when that first kind of came out um you know I guess Devil Wears Prada uh August Burns Red um Mm-hmm. I don't know anymore. As as LA dying, I guess, even though that was kind of what that was. <laughs> um, <Right>. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I kind of got into that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I got into that because I don't know what the deal was. But like at that time, uh, a bunch of Christian guys were like, hey, we like metal too. And but like a lot of the stuff was actually really good. Oh, yeah. I was just jamming uh, the frailty. Of, I think it's frailty of words. The, one, the first one, uh, as LA dying, really got popular on with 94 hours and all that stuff mm-hmm. but i mean there's some of those records that are super influential to me like women and children die first from remembering never mm-hmm. huge love that cd um everything that they put out pretty much i really really dug um and you know they're all really cool dudes that really have hardcore beliefs and you know veganism and you know the straight edge culture so any of those bands where they had a really big message and really supported it and stuff was really cool. Stretch Armstrong was another one around that time I really got into. So definitely, definitely some awesome bands around that time period that you can hear in a lot of bands nowadays. So like, what do you think the new stuff is going to be like? Do you think that's going to be a lot more fusion, like hip hop and metal? You probably will because you hear so many people that like both. I mean, like you hear, you listen to bands like Straight From The Path. And they have little spots where it's almost like rapping, where they have one where they had a dude actually rapping on the track. Um, so you're going to get a lot of that. I mean, but you're also going to have a lot of the people that are just like, I want to be like the old school hardcore, because that's what I grew up listening to, like Youth Crew era. Because um, you're going to have bands like Life Force coming out that are all just straight up. They're just old school hardcore. like. And then you got bands that are like metallic hardcore, like Disappeared. You're going to have the hardcore bands with more death metal and black metal influence like us or me. I was talking to myself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. But, but um, yeah, you're going to have that great fusion and mixture of just different genres because there's so many out there now. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things where it's not going to go away, but you're going to hear the people that just want to stick to one genre. You're going to hear people that mix it up a little bit. And you're going to hear bands do multiple genres throughout different releases. I mean, next mm-hmm. next one we put out, I might have more death metal influence or it might have just straight up old school hardcore in it. I mean, mm-hmm. it depends on how you're feeling and how you're feeling inspired when you're in the writing process. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm learning. I mean, I don't think there's like a certain trend. And I mean, even if you called it like, you know, it's going to be something probably different. You know, I've kind of noticed every 10 years, though, it does fall into something. But right now, I genuinely feel like it's a hardcore revival because of bands mm-hmm. like Knock Loose. Um, they're getting like younger people. They're like, oh, shit, like, what's this old like hardcore shit about? Like, what's it? Where are these bands? Like, who is Earth Crisis? Who is? So I think a lot of bands are like kind of drawing from the more, like you said, you know, the old school approach. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm yeah, seeing a lot of. I was surprised when I heard Knock Loose. I mean, as soon as I heard them, I was like, this sounds like the Warriors. And then yeah. <laughs> like, literally put out a Warriors cover, I think like a couple months after that. And I was like, well, that explains why it sounds like the Warriors. They obviously like them dudes a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's cool to see like bands I grew up listening to influencing all these new up and coming bands and hearing that sound resonate with them. So it's really cool mm-hmm. because like, I don't know tons of Knocked Loose stuff, but I definitely dig some of their tunes and what they're going for as far as like your message and, you know, 
the fact that they're trying to bring back some of that old school sound. So mm-hmm. that, that's awesome. Um, I can't say I'm a knock loose expert, but you know, I, I'm a fan. I've listened to like, you know, laughing tracks and all that, but I mean, I was big into it because dude, they're spreading this message of like anxiety and all their music basically. And I believe Brian Garris is straight edge. Um, well, at least he had like a straight edge, like watch on in that last or one of the last videos. So I think, yeah, dude, I think the straight edge hardcore thing is really coming back. Like in my opinion, yeah, which is awesome. I mean, cause you know, I mean, a lot of the people I grew up with, they, they were edge when I was younger and most of them aren't anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say at least half of them. Um, so it, it, that's a sad thing, but I mean, also when you're younger, you know, you have a lot of people that do things for different reasons and it's not necessarily for themselves or they might figure out later on, it's not the lifestyle for them. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, then you got other people that they know that like, that's the lifestyle I want to live. Mm-hmm. I'm doing that and making that choice for myself. I'm not doing it because it makes me cool or I can fit in with other people because you don't got to be straight edge to be part of the hardcore scene and you don't got to be, you know, straight edge to hang out with other people that are straight edge in the hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of people I know that, you know, do different stuff and it's just, that's not what I want to do, but it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm not going to, you know, support their bands or not call them a friend. So, I mean, it's cool that, you know, there's so many people intermingling within different genres and uh, hardcore scenes and stuff, building it to make the whole entire hardcore scene bigger and better and more, you know, susceptible to get more people into it so i think Mm -hmm. it's awesome yeah i just i mean from my personal experiences or whatever um like i'm not i'm not straight edge you know i'll I'll just say that it's like confessional uh native diamond confessionals (laughs) um i'm not straight edge but like a lot of my friends have been and i had actually had you know like i've worked for a chef he was straight edge and that's when i really started diving deeper into it and if it wasn't for people like that, I would have never found this music is basically what I'm trying to say. But like, yeah, I think you make a valid point. You don't have to be straight edge to listen to hardcore. I mean, uh, you right. don't have to be straight edge to hang out with someone who is. I mean, everyone is very accepting in the hardcore community. It's a very positive thing. And a lot of these people have been some of the best friends I've ever made in my fucking whole life because right. they're just genuine people who believe in sharing a message of like acceptance really it's about acceptance i mean like we can both agree on that you know oh, yeah. it's about it's about a community it's about making friends it's about building these relationships right i mean i view straight edge as something i mean it's a choice i made for me but it's also it's like just trying to educate younger people that they shouldn't feel forced to to do stuff that they're pressured into because i do feel like people are pressured into doing stuff I mean, even when I was old enough to drink, I'd have people buying me shots and stuff like that. Even after I told them I don't drink and them trying mm-hmm. to shove it in my face. Damn. And I'd have to say, no, man. And or mm-hmm. when you're drinking coffee in a bar and people are coming up to you and, you know, talking shit to you pretty much because you're not drinking or if they're buying you shots and stuff, you're going to have people like that mm-hmm. no matter what you're doing. You know, you're going to have people that are ignorant, but you have way more people that are supportive of your decisions than what you do people that are going to be trying to slam you for your decisions, mm-hmm. especially in the hardcore and metal community. So. I actually prefer hanging out with people who are straight edge because like you said, they're not pressuring me to 
via any kind of way. And it kind of like showed me that maybe I do some things too much and I need to balance out. Cause I believe, I mean, me, myself, I believe in balance. I think it's very important uh, when it comes to like a work relationship or whatever, you know, I think balance is key. And I think that, you know, that, that, that's what works for me. Like, so, but I'm not knocking the straight edge thing, you know, like, I think that's very, I wish I had that like strength in my head to like not do things that I do, you know? Yeah. I mean, and everybody has things they struggle with. I'm like, I'm straight edge, but I still struggle with my weight. I struggle with overeating and, you know, eating things that are terrible for me. I'm never going to be somebody that's like, I can't wait to go to the gym. Like (laughs) never going to be that guy. Like, like my weight fluctuates. I struggle with, with eating. I mean, and that's something that, you know, you can go through with depression too, just like with drinking. So, I mean, no matter what it is, I think everybody struggles. I mean, whether you're straight edge or not, you struggle with certain things. Um, my wife's not straight edge, but she respects the fact that I am. And, and so that relationship, you know, works because she respects me as a person. I respect her. Um, my wife's not out there doing like any hardcore drugs or anything, but, right, right, you know, right. <laughs> like, like she, but she, she has a drink every now and then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and I'm not going to hate her for that. That's her choice. Mm-hmm. And as long as she's being responsible about it, that's all I care about and make sure that she's safe. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you, you can, I saw somebody post the other day in like a straight edge group and he was like, you know, I'm, I'm straight edge and I can't find anybody that's straight edge for me today or something like that. I'm like, you know, it doesn't gotta be exclusive. You don't right. have to only hang out with friends and date people that are straight edge. Like that's a choice you make for yourself. You know, if that's the way you want to make your decisions for friends and stuff like that, that that's okay, I guess. But then you're making it an exclusive thing, and that's not really the point of the whole thing. The point is just to better yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. That's, that's a very things. good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, yeah, you don't have to you don't have to be like someone to hang out with them. I think that's, I think that's a lot of people, you know, a lot of people categorize themselves and they do it to themselves. And I think that's why they don't have the outreach that they want to have because they categorize themselves and they're like, Oh, I can't hang out with you because I'm like this. So, right. I mean, I'm guilty of the shit. (laughs) Yeah. I think everybody is to a certain extent. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there are certain things I try to avoid. Um, but for the most part, I give everybody an opportunity and or multiple opportunities. And if they end up, you know, rubbing me the wrong way multiple times, then I'll put some distance between me and them. But I mean, mm-hmm. I think that the natural way to do that. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be with somebody if their their personality is poisonous to you and what you stand for. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, you know, my th- my thing is just give everybody a chance and you know, give them an opportunity to to be a friend or. Uh, come together for you and if they don't then you know hey move on to the next person or forgive them try again but yeah definitely don't uh be around somebody that's going to poison your views and and beliefs and be you know toxic to your relationship um Mm -hmm. but you know don't be closed-minded either so very good life advice larry for sure yeah because i mean sometimes we need to hear that (laughs) self-affirmation um but anyway well, I mean, that's pretty much all I got for today's show, man. Um, I wanted, wanted to give you a chance. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to say in particular to anyone who's listening? Um, no, just if, if you're digging our music, that's, that's awesome. Our, our music, my music, whatever you want to call it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Um, that we're trying to donate the first 100 CDs all to the Suicide Prevention Hotline. 
And uh, the CD is going to be streaming on all platforms May 1st from uh, Under City Records. And yeah, make sure you check out their website, uh, their band camp, uh, go follow us on Facebook, uh, invite your friends to like our page. That way more people can hear the message. Um, and other than that, just uh, thanks for watching and thanks for showing support to those that need it, especially in the mental health community. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of why, you know, we're such good friends is because, you know, we believe in that message. I mean, I think I think people that struggle with depression or, you know, hopelessness or whatever, I think you should really check out Iron Sharpens Iron. You can find them on Bandcamp. Go check out the new album, The Tragedy of Mankind. You guys are not going to be, you're not going to be disappointed by any means. I mean, this is solid. You're getting six songs. You can listen to all these songs in one sitting. So just go ahead and bang that out and see what you think about it. Give him some feedback and let him know what shirt size you want. Um, and I want two shirts, sir. So that way I can, you know, have one for my collection and then I can have one I can go fuck up at a show. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, well, anyway, dude, thank you so much. Um, I'm sure you'll see Larry again on the show. I want him to be a regular and we're going to follow him during this journey of the tragedy of mankind. And we'll just kind of touch base. I really appreciate this. This is a very important time for you. And I'm glad that you're sharing it with us. We'll talk again in the future, I'm sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, buddy. Yeah, man. Thank you so much.